Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It's time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> it may be the nighttime. But the sports talk doesn't stop. Sports talk radio that's live, local. And not for the faint of heart. Oh, you didn't know. Sometimes angry. Loud noises! Telling it like it is. You insulted him a little bit. You got a little out of order yourself. And pretty much always right. Don't ever argue with the big dog. Big dog is always right. Text or call 404-741-0929 and be part of the show. Well, we're waiting. Live from the Kia Studios, it's time for the John Chuckery Show. Serving you up sports on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. And welcome into Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Yes, it is time for the John Chuckery Show. Hanging out with you here on this Tuesday evening. Going to be with you for the full three. We ask you to download the Odyssey app. We know you're not in the car as much. You want to listen in. Put the Odyssey app on one of your devices today. You can use your smartphone. You can use your Alexa speakers. You can use your tablet. You can use your PDA, your Garmin GPS, your Game Boy, whatever your device is, just download it on something to be able to catch us when you are on the go. Social media is at 929thegame on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And as always, the best way to be a part of this show is following us on our personal Twitter pages. I am at JMCH316. That is your water cooler talking points three to six months in advance of anybody else that is out there. On the other side of the glass, producing the show, he is back for the whole show and I've already sent him some reading material since he was missing last night. He needed something to do. I've, I've given him some more reading material. Oren is in the house at Oren Romaine. Oren, did you get the couple of books that I sent to you um, yes. over the yes. last? Yes, John Chuckery. I got the books that you sent me. So are you, are you regretting every day in life that you brought up the idea that you wanted to read more and, and – Tell you what, I'm not sharing anything with you anymore about what my personal life is. Sharing nothing, nothing at all with you, sir. Oh, I sent you that book cover, and I just, I lost it. I just, I started, I was literally crying. I I have seen a few things that have made you laugh as hard as my reaction when I looked up through the glass after you sent me that text. As a matter of fact, you were laughing again at it. Yeah, uh, like I, I was. I, I, I'm not seeing you laugh that hard. I, I still, times. I still have tears in my eyes. I still have tears in my eyes because, um, and, and you know, I love you, you know, but um, do I, you know? Do, yeah. do you? Well, do you, John? I mean, listen, um, you know, it's better than being apathetic, right? Like, if that's love, it's better than being apathetic. Can um, we just go with the app? Let's try the apathy. <laughs> just try that for a little bit. See how that goes. Oh, Lord have mercy. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying I'll take the apathy full time, but I'd like to see what the apathy feels like. Um, yeah, we just, you know, again, um, it, as we're getting into more and more shows, can I tell you, it will be a long spring and summertime. Um, oh, John, don't say that. Yeah, it's it's going to be a, a lot um, through the spring and summertime because I've got guests lined up and I've got people that will be here and we just we're going to have – we're going to have a fun time in the spring and summer. Let's put it that way. So. Oh, we don't have to have fun. Yeah. No, yeah. we don't have to have no, fun. No, we, we're all – listen, we're the most fun show 
on Atlanta radio. We can keep it as as funless, as unfun as possible. We're, we're the most fun show on Atlanta radio. This is what we do for a living. So, anyway, uh, a whole bunch uh, to get into. Um, we will be joined by our buddy Scott Bear from AtlantaFalcons.com, digital managing editor. Um, obviously, you know, we're uh, in day two of the uh, Falcons uh, coaching search. So, um, I do want to bring up, did uh, everybody see that Mike Vrabel got fired today from the Tennessee Titans? It was a mutual sort of parting, yes. Yes, yes. And I think he's been there six or seven years or something Six like seasons, that. yeah. Okay, so he's been there a little while. And, you know, obviously all kinds of talk about will he replace Bill Belichick if they decide to move on from Belichick. By the way, Belichick is still employed as the, as the head coach of the Patriots and all this kind of stuff. But what was very interesting is – Rand Carthon is the general manager for the Tennessee Titans. And he said that in, in I guess they interviewed him in, in this exit process that, you know, he was not in the room when Mike Vrabel was hired. And that's not really a surprise because he was hired at the end of January last year. So I would guess that he has no relationship other than, you know, the working relationship with Mike Vrabel. Didn't hire him, didn't, you know, have the final decision in firing him. No real surprise. I think January 23rd or January 24th will be a calendar year when he is on the job. But what is interesting is that the owner has already come out and said that Rand Carthon, the, what is it? Let me see here. Uh, he, Rand Carthon, the general manager of the Tennessee Titans, will lead and spearhead the coaching search for the next head coach for the Tennessee Titans. Let me, let me see. What's his position, position here? Uh, yes, he is the general manager of the Titans franchise. He will be the one leading and spearheading the search for a new coach. Who we got? Who Who's who's running things? Several people. Oh, okay. Collaborative. Collaborative. Yeah. Collaborative, communicative. Sure. Isn't isn't that what we heard from Tony Wrestler last year? Collaborative, communicative. Not the same thing we heard. Yeah. It's how, are the, be... how are the Hawks doing? How how are the, how are the Hawks turned it around? They're, they're, they're doing not pretty collaboratively well? doing oh. well as a basketball oh. team. Okay. Anyway, um, let's start with Michigan. They uh, win the national championship. See. Um, Funny, that game was all about line of scrimmage, huh? Um, Michigan ran for 303 yards on 38 carries. That's eight yards a carry. Uh, J.J. McCarthy. And let me tell you, interesting that in a national championship game, neither quarterback played all that well. Um, McCarthy was 10 for 18 for 140 yards. No touchdowns, no interceptions. Michael Penix, and I've said this before, look, I like Michael Penix a lot. I think when you look at the injury history and his inability to hit some short and intermediate throws, and he missed a lot of throws in that game last night. Like, he did not play very well, and part of that was Michigan beat the ever-living daylights out of him. But they were dominant on – let me check my notes – both sides of the line of scrimmage. That game was won in the trenches. Huh. Funny how football can be like that, huh? All the flash and dash. They're the number one passing. Washington is the number one passing offense in the country. Uh, they are, I think, like the number three or four scoring offense in the country and this, that, and the other. And they were held to, let me check my notes again, um, 13 points last night. Michael Penix was 27 of 51 for 255 yards. That's five yards an attempt for the guy who leads the nation in passing yards per game. One touchdown, obviously two interceptions last night, and Michigan rolls it. And they they controlled both lines of scrimmage last night. That was the difference in the game. We'll talk to Pete Futak from College Football News. Um, that is truly one of my sources that I go to on, you know, game day and through the week and stuff like that. I, I think it's a great website, and there's a lot of good information, a lot of good nuggets. We've talked to Pete um, here in the past, but uh, I, I'm a really big fan of college football news, so uh, Pete Futak will join us coming up here at uh, at 820. Um, Hawks tomorrow night, they will be in uh, – or sorry, they'll be at State Farm Arena 
to face the Philadelphia 76ers. So it looks like Joel Embiid is not going to be available tomorrow night as well. This will be, I think, the second game that he has missed. Um, Philly, I believe, right now is third in the Eastern Conference standings. So obviously they've been off uh, to a good start. Embiid is truly one of the better players and, and one of the elite players of the uh, NBA. But um, he will miss the game tomorrow. Can I tell you, the Hawks have to win. Philly's having issues right now. I know Tyrese Maxey was talking about uh, the 76ers don't know how to play well when Embiid is out. Yes. They, they have to find a way to win right. games when he's out because right. they still have talent. So, like you said, if Embiid is out, this has to be a game that the Hawks have to – they got to find a way to win. So. Well, again, he is – He's a a ball dominant kind of player. Yeah, absolutely. Like the way that again, and I know they're different positions, but you know Trey Young has to be a ball dominant guy. You they know, dictate pace. Right. The offense is centered around what they right. do best. Right. And look again, um, you know, say what you will about the the Philadelphia franchise and all of their failures, you know, in the playoffs and all these different things. But Embiid himself is one of the elite players you know, in the league. And and you have to, listen, if he's not going to be in there, you have to find a way to win that game tomorrow night. And, again, we talked about this. Six of the next seven are at home. You got your two road games out of the way. Six of the next seven at home. Hawks right now, as we enter into tonight's action, sit, uh, let's see, are they are they in the top six? No, they're not no, in the top six. Further oh, they're, they're, in the, they're in the play-in round. Um, oh, no, that goes no, to. No, they're not ten. there either. Um. Well, they're, they're, then they're teetering on the number 11 seed. Um, no, they're not even number 11. Uh, they entered tonight's contest with uh, the number 12 seed, half a game behind uh, Toronto, a, a game behind Brooklyn for the 10 spot, and uh, a game and a half behind the Bulls who are in the ninth. spot. You are spot. coming in this week. You're not going to see Joel Embiid tomorrow night. You're not going to see Tyrese Halliburton yeah. on Friday night. Who, who by the way, um, they're, what, uh, is it? Well, the MRI they're they're going to reevaluate him in two weeks, according to Woj. Mm-hmm. Was it a, was it like a sprained wrist or something? Or no, he did a split and did a, he strained his hand. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So, but but there but he's going to be out for the next couple of weeks. At least two weeks, he'll be out. Did they did they score any points against the Hawks the other night when they played? I believe they scored one hundred and fifty plus points against the Hawks in three overtimes. No, it was regulation. Uh, what? Regulation, four quarters of basketball. Four? Four. They scored how much? Over 150 points. Oh. Oh, by the way, didn't tell you this too. Uh, guess who's performing tomorrow night at halftime of the Hawks Sixers game? Oh, I. Tell me again, but I did see this though. Yeah, our boys, Yacht Rock Reviews performing tomorrow yes, night. Yes, yes, I did see that. I did see that they are. Going to be there tomorrow. So shout night, out to so. them. Uh, maybe uh, Conti gets normally gets to interview if there's a musical guest. He gets to interview those guys, the guests before the game during pregame. So maybe he'll get a chance to sit down with him during pregame tomorrow. Yeah, so and, and look, him. he uh, he got a chance to talk to Kofi Kingston when he was at a Hawks game last year. He did. Um, so he he was asking me about brushing up on his WWE <laughs> knowledge. Uh, I remember that when when Conti called me, and he's like he's like tell me about Kofi Kingston because Kofi, I think. I, I know he's from Jamaica, but I believe that he trained here in uh, South Atlanta. I, I think yeah, he trained down in McDonough, um, got got his early starts down in McDonough at a training center down there as far as wrestling goes. So, uh, again, that will, be, uh, that will be fun. Listen, we've had Yacht Rock Review. You and I were the first people that had those guys in here. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that show. Why? We're not going to talk about that show. What happened? That that was a good show. It was Rob and I. Yeah, that's why we're not we're not going to talk about that show. Well, he'll be back in. You don't have to. You don't have to do that. What? No, no, we don't have to do that. Um, we didn't get a chance to talk about this yesterday, but Nike and Tiger Woods are ending their relationship. Yeah, that's twenty-seven years. Yeah, six hundred million dollars is what Tiger has been paid in that relationship. Six. Hundred mil. That's not how many tournaments has he won. That's not Deutsche Bank. That's not Dubai. That's not any of that stuff. That is Phil Knight and Nike that they he has made 600. God bless him. And again, that's one of the most iconic partnerships 
in all of sports history, right? I mean, obviously, Air Jordan is the all-timer of all-timers, but Nike and Tiger Woods feel like that they go together, and he he made a crap ton uh, of money uh, off of them. So good for him, and um, after 27 years, look, they're going to go. I, I, I saw where, do you know who the golfer was before Tiger Woods that had the relationship with Nike? No. Curtis Strange. Who, who, by the way, in 1988, I believe it was, became the first guy to make a million dollars on tour in a calendar year. And he was he was the relationship with Nike before all of Safe that. Safe to say that Nike upgraded from yes. Strange to Tiger. Yes, yes. And listen, Curtis Strange, one of the great golfers of all time. I mean, it's not like Curtis Strange was some ham and egg or jabroni. I mean, he's one of the great golfers uh, of all time, but obviously Tiger in a whole other stratosphere. And uh, finally... Um, did you see that the Braves, their double-A affiliate down in Mississippi, is going to actually start playing next year in Columbus, Georgia? John Freaky broke that news to me not too long ago. Yeah, uh, how about that? Like, this has been rumored for about the last month that this is going to happen. And listen, this this happens all the time in, in the minor leagues. I mean, organizations move and different things like that. Remember, the Braves, the Braves have played at times, what, in Richmond? They've played in Myrtle Beach. Durham. Huh? It was Durham. Yeah, Durham Durham uh, as well. Mississippi. Yeah. So now all of their, most of their affiliates, right, Rome, Columbus. I believe they're all in the state. Gwinnett, now, yes. Yeah, they're all, they're all here. I don't know. I don't even know where the rookie league is and stuff like that. Like they're, like they're. they're Danville, maybe? I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, again, though, but Rome, Rome. Um, you know, Columbus, Gwinnett, I mean, they're all, most of their affiliates are here um, in state. And um, look, that's uh, listen, I, I think it's I think it's great. Um, minor league baseball is a great thing. Like it's I, I've I, I, I had a minor league baseball team in my hometown, the Canton Akron Indians. Um, I saw Joey Bell, who became Albert Bell, uh, Charles Nagy. I saw Dwight Gooden pitch a rehab start there like I've. You know, I saw Deion Sanders in the first ever game played at Thurman Munson Memorial Stadium, the Albany Yankees against the Canton Akron Indians. Deion Sanders and Hensley Bam Bam Mullins were in the lineup for the Yankees uh, at that time, and I got a chance to see both those guys. So, again, um, you know, minor league baseball, you, you can see stars of tomorrow, stars that are on rehab assignments and stuff like that. Lots of fun. The, any, any any idea where we uh, were you looking up rookie uh, ball or it wasn't Danville okay. until after the uh, COVID year twenty twenty okay but now they're single A they have Augusta the Green oh, okay. Jackets and then there's Rome there's Gwinnett and then soon to be Columbus all right cool very very good all right here's what we got four zero four seven two six zero nine two nine that is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line and it's our phone line as well we're gonna open it up to you. What do you want from the next head coach of the Atlanta Falcons? What do you want? What characteristics are you looking for? Chuck, we hanging out with you in the Key Studios. Sports Radio 910 on the game, the Odyssey.com app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. 
Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Back at a Chuckery show. Hanging out with you in the Kia Studios Tuesday night with you. 404-726-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line, and it is our phone line. We are going to take your phone calls in this segment. As we ask the question, what are you looking for in the next Falcons head coach? Even more than just a name. So, you know, obviously the storyline going around has been the fact that it's been 1997 was, I guess, the last time that the Falcons hired a coach with any NFL head coaching experience. And obviously all of Arthur's hires have been previous coordinators that moved up the ranks and then took the head coaching gig with the Falcons. And, you know, it's been hit or miss, right? Jim Mora did some good things. It blew up at the end. Bobby Petrino was a complete waste. Um, Mike Smith obviously turned the franchise around and put it in the best era of Falcons football that we've ever seen. Um, You know, Dan, obviously, Dan was not a very good head coach, but he got the right coordinator and he got the right quarterback, and all of it worked out. And, you know, they went to the Super Bowl, and then everything else pretty much besides that, other than 17, I guess, was a disaster for the franchise. Um, You know, Arthur Smith, after three years, you know, out and about. So, you know, look, I do want a guy that has previous NFL experience because I I just think that if you're going to get this franchise turned around quicker, you've got to have a guy that understands and knows about what being a head coach is. And and let me tell you something. You know, if you're looking at Todd Munkin and um, who is it? Uh, Is it uh, is it Brian Johnson, the the OC Ben Johnson? the OC for the uh, Detroit Lions. Look, all of those guys are more than qualified, and and I I won't have a problem with hiring those guys. But make sure you all understand that if you're hiring those guys, offensive, defensive side, they are no different than all of the hype and hoopla about Arthur Smith going into this hire. All of the things that all of those guys have done is the same hype that Arthur Smith had. He was 30 points a game. He turned around their offense. You know, he made Ryan Tannehill, you know, a, a comparable quarterback. And, you know, Derrick Henry really took off when he got there. All of the things that are were said about, and, and again, I know we're prisoners of the moment, but go back in time and read about Arthur Smith. All of the things that were said about him, you know, will be said about Ben Johnson, Todd Munkin, Whatever, you know, whatever OC, DC, whatever you want to, you know, throw out there. I've said, I said this last night, and I'll, I'll continue to say it. I'm in the Jim Harbaugh camp. Do I think it's realistic? I don't know. I, I mean, I, I have no idea. But my number one wish would be Jim Harbaugh for a couple of reasons. Number one, he's got head coaching experience in the NFL, okay? Number two is he is a line of scrimmage coach all the way. If you look at Stanford, if you look at Michigan, if you look at the San Francisco 49ers, what's the one thing that they always did extremely well? That was great line of scrimmage play. Great, not good, great line of scrimmage play. You can talk about, well, Aiden Hutchinson didn't do anything against Georgia. Who cares? Aiden Hutchinson is a star in the NFL. I'd kill to have Aiden Hutchinson on the Falcons right now. He always had great line of scrimmage play. Those offensive lines at Stanford would just maul you and run you over. That's his calling card. He's a great line of scrimmage coach. And he was a quarterback. He understands all of that, how important line of scrimmage is with the guys that were in front of him. What was he? Was Jim Harbaugh the coach? Orrin, see if Jim Harbaugh was the coach of the Colts when Chris Hinton was with the Colts. Remember, we traded Andre Risen, you know, for uh, Andre Risen and Chris Hinton. They, uh, Chris Hinton was a was a member of the Colts. Was he the quarterback when Chris Hinton was there in in uh, Indy? I'm, I'm trying to remember if my timeline is is right on uh, all of that. So I may I may be off on all of that. But again, he is an elite line of scrimmage type of coach, and those are two of the characteristics. And by the way, too, the third thing, he's a winner. You can like him. You can not like him. You can not like his personality. Okay. 
Uh, what year was Hinton there in Indy? Hinton's he last year here? was 89. Okay. Jim's first year there was 94. Okay. All right. So, a few years different. So, um, Jim Harbaugh is also a winner. And and you can like him, not like him. You can think he's goofy, this, that, and the other. But, you know, and again, that you know, people are talking about, well, you know, he may want full control. Um, based upon what your GM looked like yesterday, I, I don't think there would be a problem giving him full control. If, if a Bill Belichick or a Jim Harbaugh wanted control, um, based upon what we saw yesterday and, and the role of what Terry Fontenot is, they would give him full control if, if need be. So, again, 404-726-0929. That is our phone line. Let's go out to uh, John out in LaGrange. What's going on, John? Hey, Chuckery. What's going on? Hey, buddy. I got a couple going, of things. First off, uh, I want to do, and that's that's Mike Vrabel. Uh, I think he would be a great fit, and uh, that's, you know, that's my take. Now, humor me. You were talking about minor league baseball. The best baseball team, professional baseball team I ever saw was the 1977 double-A affiliate of the Cardinals. This was their lineup. Ted Simmons caught, Keith Hernandez at first, Ken Obert fell at second, Gary Templeton at short, Ken Reitz at third, Jose Cruz, his brother Hector Cruz, and Larry Herndon, who played for the Tigers. They won 104 games out of 132. Love Jeez. minor league. See ya. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, uh, listen, um, when I saw the Indians, they had Bo Allred, who would who would go on to play for the uh, Oakland Athletics, had a couple of good years with Oakland. Jim Tomey and Albert Bell were on that on that Indians team, and, and Charles Nagy was there too. Like that that team was pretty loaded for a for a minor league team. Um, but yeah, I listen, I, I love going down and seeing young budding superstars, or guys that are on rehab assignments and different things like that uh, as well. All right, let's go out to uh, Ice out in Atlanta. What's going on, Ice? Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. Sure, buddy. Um, and, and by the way, man, all that information that you imparted, you know, on the chronological history of our coaches since 97 is really like reconfirming my thought process. So for me, I want to say two things. Number one, decision-making and brand. And when I say that, that's not just on the coaching level. That's in our organizations. But I think we have a failure uh, systemically and in our organization. So I do love uh, potentially Rabel or uh, Harbaugh because they play a brand. And, and, and just to say this quickly speaking, when you think about organizations in the NFL, the Pittsburgh Steelers are a perfect organization. They had a horrific start to their season but because their ownership were coaching their GM and the way that they play football, they wound up 10 and seven. They're in the playoffs, whether they go forward or not. And that's what we lack. So I hate to say this, but I vote and raise my hand that I think it's time for Arthur Blank to sell the franchise. Well, and look, um, there were a lot of people that were calling for Mike Tomlin's head about whether or not he should resign. Should he be fired? Is it time for the Steelers to move on? And by the way, they have a first-round quarterback who stinks. Let let let's let's not let's not mince words. He stinks. He does win games for them. All of their quarterbacks stink. Well, for them again, this year. Mason Rudolph and Mitch Trubisky. Like, what do you think you're going to get out of those guys? But they have a first-round quarterback. They have the guy that was drafted higher than any quarterback in his draft class. Who played? Where did he play? Oh, yeah, right down the road in the same building. So again, you know, say what you will, but but you know what else they have? You know, you know what they're you know what the Steelers are always great at? Say line of scrimmage. I was going to say defense, but go ahead, line of scrimmage. There, yeah. yes, yeah. They they have great offensive and defensive lines. That that's again, if you're great there, you can you can figure out everything else. If you have guys like T.J. Watt. Coming off the edge, going after the other team's quarterback, you can figure things out. You know why the Browns have won without Deshaun Watson, with Joe Flacco, with uh, PJ Walker, and all these guys because they have the best defense in the NFL, and they have a guy who's going to be the defensive player of the year. Let me repeat that: 
They have a guy who's going to be the defensive player of the year who doesn't play 15 yards off the line of scrimmage. He plays seven feet from the football, and he wreaks havoc every week in the NFL. He's maybe the most one or two, three at worst, wreak havoc guys on the defensive side of the football in the NFL. You have to be great there. Not good. You have to be great um, there. Uh, let's go back out of the phones. Let's go to Chandler out in Atlanta. What's going on, Chandler? Chandler. What's going on, Chuck, man? Hey, Thanks for taking my call. Thanks, bud. We got a lot to talk about, and I think when we're looking at this head coaching search, we have to look at it from the perspective of, first of all, why Terry isn't leading it, I think goes to show you how diminished his role in the organization is and that Rich McKay is the real man behind the curtain making the big calls in Flowery Branch. But with that being said, this is Blank's what, sixth head coaching hiring process? Yes, this will be his sixth head coach. And he's never, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, Petrino did have the job at Louisville before he took the co- the job here, right? Yeah, he actually Arkansas is he was the head coach at Arkansas. Oh no, sorry, sorry, he was the head coach at Louisville, and he actually got them to they at one time were the number two team in the nation when he was at Louisville. But that's that's a college guy. He yeah. has never hired a guy. No, with former NFL head coach experience. Nope. Now, if I had a pick, I'm taking Jim Harbaugh. It's that simple. He's a proven winner everywhere. He goes in the bottom line as this. We want a winner in Atlanta. The true fans deserve a winner in Atlanta. So Arthur Blank, and listen, Ben Johnson is a great candidate. He could end up being a great head coach. He probably will be. Uh, The guy down in Houston could be a great head coach. But at the end of the day, when you have a Jim Harbaugh and you have a Bill Belichick out there, it's hard not to go for one of those guys. And honestly, I feel like Arthur Blank is going to go for one of those guys. Listen, he ain't getting any younger, and you have the roster ready to win now. Now, as I said, if I had my pick, it would be Harbaugh, but I could definitely see him go and pursue a Belichick. But I feel like if you do pursue a Belichick, fans need to prepare for a lot of attitude change here. It's not going to be this, you know the Patriot way and how they operate up there. And – but at the end of the day, <laughs> I would trade that all that in because we want rings, and that's where I'm at. We need no nonsense here in Atlanta. Well, and, and listen, the the I think at 81 years old, I, I think that there is more opportunity for a broader range of potential coaches, given where Arthur Blank personally is. You know, 20 years ago. Maybe it was all about just hiring the young coordinators and, and all these different kinds of things. I think Arthur Blank is I, – I think he understands he's got to get it right, and I think he understands that at this point things have to change, and, and it has to be a more immediate impact. And I think he's more open than ever to to broadening his search even further. Not saying that he narrow-minded you know, his searches in the past, but I, I think that – and, and again, I'm not for this. I, I'm not for this. But I think he would even look at a 72-year-old Bill Belichick. Who you talk about not getting any younger? You know, you might not have that guy for another year or two. But yeah, and look, the Bill Parcells thing. Bill Parcells used the Atlanta Falcons. But let's call it what it is. He used the Atlanta Falcons to get another job. And that's what that was. So, anyway, all right, when we get back, Scott Bear will join us. We'll uh, get his thoughts and pick his brain about where we're at as a franchise and moving forward with all of this. Chuck Ree hanging out with you in the Kia Studios, Sports Radio 92 on the game, the Odyssey.com app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Back at a Chuckery show. Tuesday night with you. Hanging out here in the Kia studios. 404-726-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Well, obviously, Falcons uh, offseason. Uh, we got the news yesterday. Uh... Arthur Smith has been uh, relieved of his duties. We had the press conference yesterday. A lot going on. Obviously, that is front and center here in Atlanta sports with what direction we are going to go. And the man who's got all of the answers. Let's talk to our buddy Scott Bear, AtlantaFalcons.com, digital managing editor. You can check him out on his personal Twitter page, at Scott Bear NFL. And, Scott, listen, we're looking to you and only you to give us every answer to every question that we have right now. Perfect. Uh, I'm totally up for it after <laughs> what, what essentially feels like a 72-hour day. Uh, but here we are. We are facing a new reality, a period of transition for the Falcons. <clears throat> um, and it's definitely going to be interesting now to see how this quote-unquote offseason turns out. Do you get the sense uh, – I'll say like this. I get the sense that given where Arthur Blank is, just – as a long-term owner, 81 years old, you know, all of that in there. Do you think that there is the idea that that there is a broader universe of possibilities to be the next head coach than maybe there was, let's say, 15 or 20 years ago when, you know, again, he had, you know, a, a long future ahead of him, but – do you think at this moment in time, like this could be the opportunity that Arthur Blank broadens out what he looks at as far as a head coach, whether it's an old guy, young guy, coordinator, past experience, whatever? I would say this. I truly believe Arthur Blank will live to be like 150 because the guy <laughs> is a shark. He never stops swimming. He never stops doing it. He never stops like actively growing his industries or his community efforts or whatever. He's going to live forever. I think it's this. is something that Rich McKay said yesterday in that they're looking to win now in 2024. So my question in the back of my head as I was driving away from the press conference is the same thing that you asked. Is that is there an increased tolerance or willingness to take a perceived big swing, big swing on a big name that requires a big paycheck? Are they – because to this point in the Arthur Blake era, they've only gone – after coaches without NFL head coaching experience is everything on the table. I do believe that there is, they talked for 88 minutes and 33 seconds yesterday. I've listened to all of it more than once, believe it or not. And something that I did find was interesting in there is that Arthur blank said, like always, we are putting all of our resources available, meaning I took that to say nothing is going to stop us from going after the guy that we like does that mean that that person is automatically jim harbaugh no it doesn't but it does mean that i think that there are no parameters and shackles and guidelines if they find the guy that they like and he's expensive or he has experience or he doesn't they're going to go after that guy and and you know scott and, and look i i i don't have a problem with what terry fontenot's role in, in stuff is I, I do have a little bit of problem with him not being at the press conference, but that, that's a side issue. But when you look at where this organization is, and I do like the idea that they can take their time because, again, Terry's going to have the senior bowl at the end of the month. Like They can function without an NFL head coach in the building for a while. And I like the idea of let's get this thing right. We don't have – we're not changing everybody Terry can be down at the Senior Bowl come into the month. He can evaluate. He can scout and and all these different kinds of things. And, you know, again, because of keeping Terry around, it I think it does give them a lot more flexibility to be able to invest more time in trying to find the right guy. Yeah, and I think that that's really important, and especially in this modern day where it isn't such a race to get – to that head coach to get the absolute guy that you want. It, it turns into like a free agency frenzy. I think it's uh, better that it's not that. And Arthur Blank told a very short story that I'll, that I'll uh, summarize really quickly. He talked about late Steelers owner, Dan Rooney calling him in the middle of his coaching search. They were all the way um, down the path. Right. And Dan Rooney said, take a breath. 
be cool, think about it, don't follow anybody's parameters, trust your gut, and ultimately Arthur Blank still kind of sped through it, right? In that, in that hiring cycle, six days after firing Jim Mora, they hired Bobby Petrino, okay? The Steelers, during that same coaching cycle, waited till January 22nd, which back then was an eternity. Guess who they got? Mike Tomlin. That worked out pretty well. So I think that he brought up that story not to bring up Bobby, but to bring up the fact that sometimes patience can be a virtue. And look, sometimes you can go out and you can sign a guy with head coaching experience, a guy who's been there and done that and can take a team the Falcons believe are a, head, a good head, are a head coach upgrade and a upgrade at quarterback away from being serious contenders and vault it. Or sometimes you can pluck a young guy out of Minnesota's defensive staff as a defensive coordinator, and he becomes Mike Tomlin. That's a good end of the story, too. So that's why I think they do need to be patient. They need to keep their eyes open. I know everybody's like, who's going to be the fastest to sign Johnson out of, uh, out of uh, Detroit, right? Who's going to do that quickly? Who's going to throw the most and do it fast? Um, I think ultimately it's about getting your guy, and if you've got to move fast, okay, move fast, right? But if that's not your guy, Let's not just go fast for the sake of hitting the gas pedal. Scott Bear is the AtlantaFalcons.com digital managing editor. He's joining me here on the WadeFord.com hotline. So I think the, I think you and I talked about this the last time that, that I had you on. And, look, I, I'm okay if you tell me that they're going to trade for quarterback, you know, get a veteran, whatever. But I still, and especially now that you're sitting at, in the number eight spot, I still don't know how you can sell me on the idea of not drafting a quarterback at whether it's number eight, you move up to go get your guy, whatever. But, you know, again, and I, and I think you and I talked about this specifically, at some point you have to go get the young, talented guy. It may not work out, but you've got to go draft and put the capital in to getting that young guy. And that's how the really good organizations – even when they miss, I mean, look, that's where you've got to kind of go and that's where you've got to kind of find that pathway for long-term sustainability in the NFL. Yeah, sometimes sometimes you have to make a bold move, especially for a team that, and you've heard this logic time and time again, sometimes it's accurate, sometimes it's not, but a team that feels that they're a really good quarterback away or or they they, they they need that franchise quarterback and they're pretty well set up cap wise and depth wise and everything else then you go get it and then you trade up to get it with the feeling that we're at eight right now and we honestly truly believe that we're not going to be at eight or above in a long long time so it's the only time that you can make that type of radical move because if you're at 14 or 15 and you're trying to go up to three just hand over the deed right right um, so so if you're in that top 10 and you feel that this is your moment and you fall in love with a person, a quarterback during the draft process that could be available because I think it could be another one of those one, two, three years, right? It, I'm not saying it will be, but it's possible, especially if teams go crazy. And then you look at quarterback needy teams in the top three, there's a few of them. So ultimately, you have to look at that and think, is this the time to really go for it? thinking that we're going to go into contention and we'll find ways like the Seahawks do or the Rams do. And I'm not saying trade away every first round pick for, for eternity, but they can still find a way to, to, to get impact players um, without a, a first round draft pick. Look at what San Francisco has been able to do getting fourth and fifth and sixth rounders, despite the fact that they made a huge blunder with that Trey Lance deal. They gambled and lost and won with Mr. Ir, uh, Irrelevant. Go figure. Um, but back to your point. I do think that it, it, it is one of those moments if you don't feel like you're going to be an eight very uh, very often. And, again, the win-now edict is a thing, right, which also makes me wonder, is there a short leash on the new guy? Those are all things that are spiraling, spiraling through Falcon fans' heads, if I can say that right, over the course of the last 72 hours. You know, Scott, um, one guy I want to talk to you about is Tyler Algier. And – you know, when, when you look at some of the numbers, it is interesting. You know, uh, he only had 24 less carries year over year um, from, from his rookie year with 210 to 186 last year. But it was almost 400 yards difference year over year as far as the yardage goes. And there was a, a significant 
decline in yards per attempt, 4.9 to 3.7 this year. And, you know, I still think that the offensive line played pretty well. I mean, Lindstrom was a, a dominant offensive lineman. McGarry, for all of his flaws, is, is still a really good run blocker. Dolman was a good run blocker. Matthew Bergeron was a breath of fresh air, you know, as a rookie at, at left guard. But how do you evaluate Tyler Algier's year? Like, is it just a situation where he needs the football more? Or, you know, was it just the, the scheme and just how they were using him that, you know, the, the productivity at times wasn't there, even though the number of attempts was fairly close from year over year? Yeah, I think he's a real, um, uh, how do you say it, a rhythm runner, right? That mm-hmm. once he kind of gets hot, he gets some of what Arthur Smith calls dirty runs that turn into clean ones where it goes three, three, four, 11, 11. And then he starts kind of breaking loose. And we didn't see enough of that because there's a lot of, <coughs> excuse me, there are a lot of running backs that, that needed to get touches. And Bajon Robinson is, is uh, Bajon Robinson. Um, that's something that I noticed. I thought that his efficiency was better at times, but in the middle of the season, I really thought that it waned. And I, in my opinion, having seen every snap that he's every professional game snap that he's ever taken, just that he was he wasn't able to get into those rhythms because when Tyler is at his best, it's one of those you know run the bleep out of the football type of drives where you know against Cleveland or it happened I think against Arizona this year where he runs the ball like. I don't know, six out of 10 plays and they run the ball nine times on, like on a drive and he just gets into this thing. And I, I don't think that often enough he got into that type of rhythm on that 75 yard. I think it was a pass. You saw his breakaway speed. You see his physicality is there. I think the explosiveness hasn't changed. I think it's just about understanding what type of runner that you have, trying to get him established, understanding the fact that, look, you need to get Bajon Robinson touches. Cordero Patterson didn't get very many at all down the stretch. And uh, I don't know if that kind of secret sauce in terms of dispersal of carries was ever figured out and over the course of 17 games, to be honest with you. Last question for you, Scott. Um, the other guy that I, I, I am very excited to get him back on this roster is Avery Williams. And, and I thought that one of the – I mean, again, there's a myriad of things as to why we were where we're at, but field position and the dreadfulness at times of our punt return game – um, just it really hurt this team all year long. And, you know, we knew that Avery Williams was not going to be here, and we spent a lot of time talking about, you know, who's going to do this, this, and that. But as the, as the year played out, our lack of being able to create field position, and, again, I think we were 30th in punt return average. I, I, listen, I, I've said I think Avery Williams was maybe the home run pick of that 2021 draft class. You can tell me about Pitts and all this other stuff. I think Avery Williams was the guy because that guy, you saw a noticeable difference year over year in the quality of our punt returns. Yeah, I, I mean, I can remember exactly where I was. It was a practice during the offseason program at the stadium, and there weren't very many people there, maybe just a couple of season ticket holders and some press. And it was one of those things where Tori, uh, who I work with, who's on your show a mm-hmm. lot, yep. she kind of she kind of tapped me on the shoulder. She said, look at Avery, something ain't right. And it was like a non-contact thing. And I, you know, tried to get eyes on him and you could see that he just wasn't limping right. He went straight to the locker room and he thought, oh no, non-contact off-season program. You know, nothing like dramatic could have happened other than something really, really bad. And it was at that moment, it was subtle. Not a lot of people caught it. Tori did. And, and ultimately it, it was one of those things that you felt in the moment this is going to be a big deal for a long time. And I do think that it was because of his ability as a, he, he led the NFL in punt return average yes. last year. Yes. I was dynamic. We, we, went, we went from 16.2 to 7.2 yards per return year over year. That's a first down. Yeah. That's an automatic first right. down every drive. You can't tell me any head coach or special teams coordinator wouldn't take that any day of the week. And that, and that is significant because if, if, if he's at the 30, now you're at the 40. Now it, it changes the math yep. of, of how things go about it. He's a spark plug. He's an energy guy. He was at the locker. He was in the locker room a ton. He was cheering on D. Alford and Mike Hughes and guys like that. But I do think that he is a dynamic player. He, he doesn't do a lot from an offense perspective, but he can give you a, like, a, like a, a little jolt. And I do think that 
having him back is a good thing. Um, Grady Jarrett talked to him on Monday. It seems like his rehab is really going well. He was stressed out not being able to play during the year, but I think that his rehab being on the right track is a sign of positivity because I think, I mean, that's an obvious one. He's a superstar, but I do think that they really missed him too. And while I wouldn't say this team had injury problems, if you look at the importance of some of these injuries, even if guys like David Onyemata missing sections of the year, I think all that ultimately added up in a negative way for this Falcons team that couldn't afford, um, you know, losing players like that when you play so many tight games. Scott Bears, the AtlantaFalcons.com digital managing editor. Join me here on the WaitFor.com hotline. Check him out on his personal Twitter page, at ScottBearNFL. Scott, obviously we will talk through the uh, offseason, and uh, it's going to be a busy one, and it's going to be a lot of twists and turns. I mean, I said you know, the other night, this will have more twists and turns than a pretzel factory, so we'll see what, uh, what happens. So we will chat again uh, soon, my friend. 100%, man. Thank you so much for the time. You got it. When we come back from the top of the hour, will be time for the Falcons flyover. I want to give you the Falcons opponents for next year. We do know that now. Chuck Green, the Key Studios, Sports Radio, 929 The Game, the Odyssey.com app. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.